When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's talk about that and more with Kevin Ray. He's the TV voice of the Suns, national radio voice of the Dallas Cowboys. Kevin, how you been, man? I've been great. I've been great. How about you guys? Hey, we We're can doing see great. Your now we, now we can actually see you. We have video for Look the first time since 2013. <laughs> good things are coming for us, Kevin. It's good stuff, Kevin. What's good? All right. I'm going to hit you. I'm going to hit you with the question that I think most people need to know. And I need you to give me the inside dope. What okay. is going on? with this Jay Crowder saga because there's conflicting reports. On one side, I hear it's stemming from the fact that Cam Johnson took his job, starting job. Another report stemming about money, but then Jay Crowder comes out, said that's not true, and it's very unusual for a player that's requesting a trade to not be even allowed to be with the team or not be with them, period. Yeah, look, I, I don't know how much more insight I can shed on it other than basically it was kind of agreed upon that it was best interest of both parties um, to not be a part of the, the team. I mean, look, if, if you're, you know, if you're not planning on playing, uh, coming to the practice facility, doing those type of things doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And yes, there have been a variety of reports. The, the, the two main ones, as you pointed out, Trista, were the starting position being taken. Um, there were some other reports, I think, that suggested that not only would you not be starting, but, you know, you wouldn't be playing in the fourth quarter. I think that's just somebody trying to, you know, for, for clickbait. But look, at the end of the day, I think we can all agree that most conflicts and issues between player and organization always comes down to one thing and that is money yeah <laughs> i mean i i think it's as simple as you know jay was wanting and hopeful of, of getting an extension and it didn't materialize there were the few other guys around the league that did get extensions and you know the Suns were just in a position uh based on his productivity his age and clearly where this team was financially at the moment um, then and now that it just didn't make sense. And I think it's, it's just as, as simple as that. And, you know, finger pointing, um, but really the, the, the line in the sand. And, and let me say this, I'm, I'm a huge Jay Crowder fan, love boss man, nine, nine. He was a big part of helping turn this team around, but, you know, you also have to respect and acknowledge kind of, where you're at in the pecking order, um, you know, in the team and organizational structure. And I think that there's the disconnect right there. And um, when you look elsewhere around the league, and I think this is what has so many people puzzled because Jay's a pretty sharp guy. You're not going to go anywhere else and A, be guaranteed a starting position, uh, much less at, at his age and productivity level being guaranteed an extension. So, it's unfortunate that it came to this. The line in the draw, line in the sand was really kind of drawn by by Jay, and the Suns kind of took the tact of like, okay, well, 
that's where we're at. It's kind of weird, though, just following up, because now you've got Cam Johnson, who's out for a couple of months, which you would think maybe that opened things up for a new dialogue, right? Especially considering that you've got other older guys like P.J. Tucker getting, you know, valuable as they get older. Like, where are we at in terms of, like, do you think that he could come back into the fold? Is it more close that he's going to be traded sometime soon to a contender like the Bucs or the Heat? Yeah, you know, I had said about a week before the season started that I felt like that there was a chance that, you know, Jay could be back with the team. And I know his teammates, you know, loved him, still love him. Um, but I just felt like now that we're a few weeks into the season, that it, it does really feel as though that door has closed. Mm. And and again, because the line in the sand was was really kind of drawn by, you know, Jay initially, and then there were some, you know, cryptic tweets uh, that left people kind of scratching their head. And uh, I think the the team just feels like, you know, they're better served maybe leaving well enough alone. And right now, um, you, you know, you look at the, the trade market and the Suns clearly have not been wowed by what they're looking for for Jay. And so it's it's a really unique and, and uh, as you said, odd situation. Kevin, you know, looking at the Suns, they're eight and three this season. Three of their losses, uh, well, two of their three losses have been to the Blazers. They've played the Blazers three times. Why do you think Portland has given Phoenix? So- chest pounding, yeah, that's Tristan. She is all fired up. What do you? Why do you think Portland has given Phoenix uh, so much trouble here in the early parts of the season? And since you've seen the Blazers so much, do you think that this young nucleus that they have, they're building something nice in Portland right now? Yeah, well, the the two games were so completely different. The first game was, you know, look, Dame Dame, you know, was back and, and healthy. Uh, he he brought out the flamethrower that night. Uh, Anthony Simons though has really shown and proven why they gave him the extension. I've always enjoyed watching this kid. He's got a ton of talent, and so their their guys were making you know making great plays. Uh, it was a game the Suns could have and, and should have won. They didn't. The second game was was the real head scratcher because Dame not only didn't play in that game, um, and it was a back to back situation there in Phoenix. They played them on a Friday night and then played them on a Saturday night. But Dame didn't play, and Simons didn't play. And I think it was a, you know an instance a that the Suns were playing without you know the first game without Cam Johnson. But I think it was a, clearly a situation where they kind of looked down there on the other end of the floor and like. Eh, we should be good. So they didn't come, you know, they didn't step on the floor with the the requisite respect and energy that you've got to. And Chauncey Billups, to his credit, I think he's done a terrific job at laying the foundation there. Uh, The guys that he plugged in that night, they all played the best that they could play. And so I don't know that that the, the Blazers have, you know, unlocked some secret code on how to take down the Suns, but you tip your cap to them. Uh, they got two wins. The the third game, the Suns handled their business, you know, accordingly. But I like what Chauncey has done there. He's clearly more comfortable in his second year as the head coach. Um, big fan of him. And, and uh, you know, I, I think that this team has a chance to continue to make some noise throughout the course of the season. 
Kevin, big game coming up this Sunday. Uh, your Cowboys against my Packers, who are just god-awful right now. And then you have Mike McCarthy going back to Lambeau Field. He's been pretty emotional about it. But what do you think about the NFC just as a whole right now with Dallas? Do you think of them as a true contender? Because really, it's Philadelphia who's unbeaten. And then all the other teams we had high expectations for have been a dumpster fire. The Rams, the Packers, the Bucks. And then what are your thoughts on potentially landing uh, Odell Beckham Jr.? I saw Dak and CeeDee Lamb both reacting to those rumors. If they do get him, do you like him even more? Do you take him serious as contenders in the NFC, a really weak NFC? Yeah. And and look, I, I think that's why, you know, you when Cooper Rush came in and was able to kind of, you know, hold things up for the Cowboys um, and, you know, you go back to that Philadelphia game and again, credit Philadelphia. I, I like the offseason moves they made. I knew that they were going to be a, a much better team this year. But the thing that I think people tend to forget in that game is Cooper rushed through three interceptions. The Eagles had three short fields. The Dallas defense only allowed 200 and I think it was 257, 267 total yards of offense in that game. Um, so when you consider where the defense has continued to trend towards and playing that game without Dak, uh, yeah, I, I, I like the, the Cowboys chances. Um, but it will, it will not be easy. You look at the Eagles, uh, remaining schedule and it's, it's certainly a, a schedule set up to be quite successful. So with them already having the leg up on Dallas, Cowboys are going to have to hold serve and respond there on Christmas Eve. As far as OBJ goes, I mean, how could you not be excited about adding a piece like that to this offense, which has been, you know, a little better than I think people expected. We haven't seen the explosive plays like they had last year, but they've gotten back to the to the ground attack. And having that two-headed monster, I still laugh at why everybody wants to make, you know, a guy 1A and the other guy, you know, the clear backup. You yeah. can have a 1A and 1B, I think, in today's NFL, and the Cowboys have proven that that is a perfect recipe. I don't think they get away from that. I think they try to, you know, stay with that, establish the ground game, and try to play mistake-free, turnover-free football. If you do that, this defense is going to give you a shot to win most every game. And, Kevin, I know it's always Super Bowl or bust for Dallas. At least that's what Jerry says. He wants to see one more. But, you know, I think Mike McCarthy's actually did his best. This might be his best coaching job in the last decade, and I know everybody's down on him, and I know there's going to be some flashy names. Like, what grade would you give him, you know, this, this um, you know, through 10, 10 weeks of the season? What grade would you give Mike McCarthy? Because I know, you know, Kellen Moore was getting a lot of credit, especially without, uh, without uh, you know, Dak there for a couple weeks. But what kind of job do you think he's done? I think he's done a much better job. I mean, look, last year, uh, the, the, the penalties just killed his team last year. Um, and frankly, they were they were inexcusable for a team that had the veterans that they had. Um, and for a veteran coaching staff, and you had to lay that at the feet of, of Mike McCarthy because, you know, it's one thing if you're committing some of those penalties in week five, but when you're committing the same penalties in week 15 and then, oh, by the way, the playoff loss, you commit 14 penalties uh, for well over 100 yards. But this is where I think that they have done a nice job of cleaning things up uh, in, in the in the two losses that they have had. They've had 10 plus penalties every other game that they've won. They've been fewer than seven penalties. So there's a direct correlation there. But I think by and large, Mike has done a, a better job than last year. I would probably give him a, a solid B at this point.
Really quickly, just don't mean to flip back to the NBA, but um, there has been some interesting games that I've watched you guys play. The interesting one in this baseball series thing is sort of new for me, and I'm sure new for you, but you've played the Timberwolves twice as well. Um, from what you can see, you know, and you've got a, you know, really close look, what's happening with, you know, this offense and defense, we have only about two minutes, that makes them just really not a very good team right now. But, you know, offensively, it feels like they were very stagnant. And I, I really noticed that in the games that they played against the Suns. And I know, obviously, Phoenix has a really elite perimeter defense. Yeah, it's we we played them last night, and and you're right, Trista. Having seen them a second time now, and my partner Eddie Johnson pointed this out as well. But right now, it just feels like there are more individuals on that team than there is a a team collective effort. And Chris Finch, their head coach, even used a a word as to why this offense is bogging down, and it's called he he said sticky, and and by that he means the ball is sticking. And, and right now it feels like there's this kind of underlying tug of war between, you know, the young, talented ant. Is it Cat's team? Is it, D, you know, D'Lo trying to take control, get his shots? And then you fit in this non-offensive piece in Rudy Gobert. And right now it's, it's extremely clunky and they're going to have to get on the same page. And I think those offensive issues, because that starting five is the worst, has the worst offensive rating in the league. We had that stat last night and, and leading up to it just blew me away. I knew they were struggling, but I didn't realize it was to that degree. And they're letting the offensive issues, you know, compound on the defensive end of the floor. And, and until they get that short up, it's it's going to be a struggle. They're going to have to come together as a team and decide we're going to do it together. Yeah, it was weird because even Devin Booker was chirping a little bit and said, yeah, we share the ball over here. <laughs> that was really unique. Obviously, other teams are starting to notice. Opposing teams are starting to notice too, yeah? Absolutely. And look, you know, Book is tight with Cat and with D'Lo, so those guys always have running dialogue. And Book is one of the great kind of uh, – under the radar smack talkers. He doesn't say it, you know, loud. He's not super emotional about it. But you talk to any of the guys around the NBA and he, he's in the top five smack talkers. That was part of it. But part of, you know, what he said rings true. Uh, yeah. and, and I think it it hit home and maybe struck a nerve with some of those guys. Kevin, yeah. thanks so much, man, for joining us. Have a great call this weekend. Good you luck. got it, guys. Thanks. thanks great to see all your faces as well. Yeah. <laughs> you too. Thank you. I love. I, I could talk to Kevin for two hours. I actually stopped Honestly. myself mid-question because I wanted to ask him that if the Cowboys don't reach the Super Bowl, if they would actually fire Mike McCarthy. There's if there just was a so sexier much name. there. But then I was like, you know what? He doesn't want to answer this. He's the radio play-by-play broadcaster. He doesn't want to lose his job. So I said, what grade would you give him instead? I would give McCarthy a B, too, though.